Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickel. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hello, Freedom Nation. It's Jeff here once again with the Freedom Nation podcast. And today, we're going to have a really interesting story. I've got Alan Lazarus on. Alan is a podcast host. He also helps people to kind of become the best them that they possibly can be. And he's just got a really interesting story of how he got to where he's at. Alan, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about Freedom Day. Freedom Day. So he's definitely had a Freedom Day story. So let's kick that off. Why don't you tell us about your story? How do you got to where you're at today? All right. So first and foremost, I love the concept of the Freedom Day and the day that you sort of break free of the cage that you've sort of put yourself in or maybe been put in. So that's awesome. My story starts at the very, very beginning. So I'll try to give you the, the briefer version. When I was two years old, an older sister, she was six and mom stay at home mom. And my father was away at work and he passed away in a car accident very, very suddenly at 28 years old. So he's 28 years old and I'm two years old at the time. So definitely grew up in uh, adversity. I didn't know my dad well, so so, but my mom and sister definitely did. And so anyways, I had a stepfather from age three to 14. And then my stepfather left my family at 14. My sister had moved out at that point. So I was sort of the the man of the house, so to speak, at 14 years old. And he took a lot of the income with him. And so we went from fairly well off, you know, snowmobiles and vacations. And, and we actually had a, a yacht and some apartment buildings uh, to basically, I don't know how I'm going to go to college because we don't have any money. And I actually got free lunch at school because of how low our income was. Then I just studied really, really, really hard to try to get straight A's in high school. And I did. I got one B in honors English, never took honors English again. And I got into my dream school, a tech school, Worcester Polytechnic Institute, if you've heard of it. It's kind of like a little mini MIT in Massachusetts. And I got my computer engineering degree. I thought, okay, you know, I'm good at math. You know, engineers make a lot of money and I want to make a lot of money. So computer engineering, let, let's go. This is it. Stayed, got my MBA. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is it. This is the dream. And so I did a lot of job hopping companies like iRobot, Tyco Safety Products, Simplex Grinnell, Sensata Technologies, and then I eventually ended at a company called Cognex. Rose, 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 sales engineer, eventually managed my own, my own territory, making almost $200,000 a year at this point, and I'm in my early 20s, and I don't have many expenses, I don't have kids, so it's just a lot of, lot of revenue. I'm up in New Hampshire, and I end up getting in my own car accident. So keep in mind, my dad was 28 when he died in a car accident, I've seen pictures of his car. And my car didn't look very different. My fault, I was on the wrong side of the road and I had the life or death moment for sure of this is this is probably it. So physically, fortunately, I was okay, but mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, definitely not. This is when I had my existential crisis, so to speak. I, I call it my quarter life crisis because I was only 26 at the time. Yeah. And after that, that was my freedom day where I really just had a lot of regret 
I wasn't really proud of the man I had become. I, what is it all for? What does it all mean? And after that, I went all in on, I always say this, so, so prior to 26, in hindsight, looking back, I was really successful from the outside in. Beautiful girlfriend, tons of money, you know, all the degrees, masters in business, blah, 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 tech companies, resume, all that. But after that, I really flipped the script and I, I tried to be successful from the inside out. And I actually, you know, ended up broke in entrepreneurship for a while there. But now I'm very pr- pleased to say that I'm finally in a place where not only do I make more money than I ever have, but I also am fulfilled from the inside out. And so it was a long journey, but I just, to, to the point of Freedom Day in this episode, what I always say is I used to be achievement oriented at the expense of my own fulfillment. Yep. And now I am fo- focused on fulfillment, holistic fulfillment, health, wealth, and love. And then success is kind of a byproduct of that. So that's kind of my my story in a nutshell. I love it. So you left the career in the communic or you know, in the in the computer side of things or the tech side of things. So what is it that you do today? What's what's your delivery vehicle for for helping people today going forward? So I have a actually a little notebook next to me that I call my G3 target and I'm showing it on video as well. And there's three sections. It looks just like for people on audio, it looks just like the the target symbol for the company target. In the center, it's LP, lead people. Then the next one is design systems, DS. And then the next one is TM, track metrics. So I'm the CEO of Next Level University. Next Level University is a not only a podcast, but it's a, it's a company that really helps people get to the next level, health, wealth, life, and love. We have a podcast production company. We have a social media sort of agency within it. It's kind of a big, it's becoming a big 23 department sort of entity. And we've got a 21 person team and we've got a podcast called Podcast Growth University and Next Level University. So it's it's really cool. But what do I do? I'm mostly focused. So my business partner, Kevin, he coaches podcasters. Okay. I coach business owners. So I'm nice. a business coach. And really what it comes down to is people, I have clients from all over the world. I have one client who's 18 years old and I coach people all the way up to 63 years old. She's from New Zealand. Really what it comes down to is how do you create a fulfilling life on your own terms and a business, better business, better body, better relationship that that really fulfills you? So that's kind of what I do now. But as the CEO of Next Level University, those are really the three things I focus on, leading people, designing systems, and tracking metrics. Super cool. So typical client for you, somebody that would work with you, what's how do they engage you? So how, how do you get them initially? Where, where do they typically come from? And then what's that typical engagement look like? Yeah. So our podcast, Next Level University, is usually where my clients come from. Okay. But there's also referrals as well, and they come from my LinkedIn often as well. I have like yeah. a pretty decent sized LinkedIn. But yeah. anyways, so so I who do I coach? I coach anyone who is a business owner already who wants to grow and scale and is struggling to do that, particularly online, or yeah. anyone who's new to business. I was on the phone earlier with a woman named Stephanie, and she wants to launch her business this year, and it's a, it's a coaching practice. And so I start anyone from the very beginning of business all the way to people that, I mean, one person has a multi-million dollar business already at this point. And so I kind of coach all different ages and all different, that kind of thing. But really what it comes down to is they want to grow personally. 
and they want to grow professionally and and they want to build a team of like-minded individuals to sort of accomplish business's goals. And, and most importantly, underneath it all is they want to grow their business. And so if anyone is ever interested in that, they can email me. So I have people coming in through email, LinkedIn message, Instagram, Facebook, that kind of thing. And at the end of the day, what I've what I've been fascinated by, believe it or not, is that primarily my clientele is actually Yep. Yeah. And so so our demographic is ninety percent of our listeners, I think, maybe eighty percent are are actually women, empowered, amazing, mm-hmm. incredible women who want to do well, more in the world. It's been really quite cool. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because I, I, I skew kind of that way too. About sixty to sixty-five percent of my my listeners are are yeah, women. And and I look at my client base, my client base in the financial world is is traditionally always been about seventy percent women. You know, I think there's a certain guys that that click well with women and you know, and and not kind of yep. push I, I guys can tend to be a little pushy sometimes. And it's just a, being a good listener and you know providing good advice without trying to tell you how to do it, I think is the key to it. Guidance versus dictatorship. You know, yes. that's really what it comes down to is being non-toxic, emotionally mature and emotionally intelligent, I think is rare for men. And again, maybe I'll get villainized for saying that, but I would say it's statistically rarer for men than for women. I think that's yeah. fair. It's a fair assessment. And I'm a man, so I'm allowed to say that, I guess. Right? Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not saying it. Yeah, I'm not trying to put it in somebody else's mouth. I'm just saying it right there too. So, you know, typical engagement. So I let's say I have a business, I'm I'm getting ready to, you know, I, I want to make that next step. What's what's our first kind of engagement gonna look like? What's what's that first let's say month gonna look like. Okay. So the first the first session is just let's check and see if this is a good fit. Cause it's not yeah. just I'm looking for three things. Cause it's not just whether or not I'm the coach for you. I'm uh, looking for these three things. So number one is work ethic, two is humility, and number three is reliability. If you don't have those three, I've just had trouble working with those people. Yeah. Uh, you have to want to put in work or I can't really help you, to be honest. So uh-huh. that's the the first call is to see if it's a good fit. And and I'm I'm sort of seeing if you're a good fit for me just as much as, you know, if I'm a good fit for you. Although in the beginning, it wasn't like that. (laughs) In the beginning, I needed clients. So it was mostly me trying to sell them. (laughs) That actually never works, (laughs) by the way. So uh, they they may be satisfied. You probably aren't going to be at that point. Yeah. (laughs) It It was a challenging time to figure out who to help and who not to help. I think it's important to know who you are good at helping and who you definitely are not. And so humility, anyone who's not humble, I just don't want to work with. It's just my truth. Okay. So what does the month look like? So I do weekly, bi-weekly and monthly coaching. Okay. So it depends. But if you were weekly, I mean, we're drinking from the fire hose every single month uh, or every single week rather. I actually have my clients, really what we do is something called dreamlining. It's, It's a really simple concept. Number one, we give a one sentence of what your dream is. And this is supposed to be 10 years plus, kind of pie in the sky, don't overcomplicate it. What's one sentence to represent your dream? Okay. So for me, mine is to create the most holistically successful self-improvement company. Okay. So that's just boom, pie in the sky, one sentence. All right. Then, and picture a mountain, by the way, top of the mountain is the dream statement. Then next you have your, your goals. This is yearly goals. So 2024, what are the top three things you want to accomplish? Health, wealth, and love. Okay, one under health, one under wealth, one under love. Then we divide those, make sure they're measurable, right? As smarter goals. So specific, measurable, attainable, 
realistic, time-bound, and then E is evaluate and report, which we're going to get to. Okay, so smarter goals. Instead of smart goals, it's smarter goals. I, I think they try and fit all those things into there, and they, half of them just jumble on top of each other, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously, seriously. And then so you've got uh, quarter, break them down into quarters. So you take those three measurable goals for 2024, divide them by four. Okay, so if you want to get, you know, 40 clients in 2024, then that means 10 per quarter per uh, 90 days. Yeah. Then one more thing, then you break that down into daily habits. So what's the one most important habit for you to get a client? And so maybe prospecting, daily prospecting would be the habit. And so you have inch pebbles, which is your daily habits that roll up to your milestones, which is quarterly goals, which roll up to your yearly goals, which is just goals. And then you've got your dream statement. And so I call it dreamlining. It's a simple streamlined process of how to really make sure you're headed in the right direction. And ultimately direction matters more than speed because most people are running around like chickens with their head cut off. Beautiful. Okay, cool. And then ongoing after that, you know, so is it then kind of that that's your almost like basic training for them. And then from there, it's kind of focused on what what they need to work on. Or is there still a process that you follow kind of with everybody? Yeah, I would say it's structured and not structured. Again, I know that's probably a vague answer, but what I've been doing recently, this has been fascinating. So I just surpassed my 5,000th hour long coaching session. So I am not new to this by any means. This is this is something that I've been doing for a long time and I'm starting to get the hang of it in a real powerful way. So what I used to do is I used to ask my clients intentions before the, the sessions. And I actually talked to all my clients in 2024. I said, listen, I'm trying something new in 2024. I said, what is it? I said, to be completely transparent, I'm going to be the one person in your life who cares about your future self more than your current self. Yeah. And who cares more about what you need than what you want. Yeah. And that's my job. And so I used to ask for their intentions and I've decided to have the courage not to do that anymore because okay. I'm starting to trust my brain and my intuition to, to give people what they need, not what they want. What I've come to realize is that with myself included, with all of us, okay, I have a therapist, I've had coaches and mentors my entire adult life. It's, I'm eating my own cooking here, okay? Mm, yeah. If what we wanted was what we needed, we'd already have it. I'm going to say that one more time. If what we wanted was what we needed, we'd already have it. My clients come to me because they think they want X, but they actually need Y and Z. Yeah. And so I'm really just finding out what the real bottleneck is that they're not telling me and they're not even telling themselves. And usually it's just a massive blind spot. So for example, if you think you're humble when you're not, it's sabotaging everything you do and I need to call that out. And in order to do that, I have to build trust. But really, the more trust I build, the more I can dig into some of the real inner stuff that needs to change in order for people to succeed. Beautiful. I love it. Love it. In y'all's world, you, you, you guys do a podcast. Now, I know you both, do you still both have a podcast and then you have one together or is it, have you kind of mishmashed everything into the one? Okay, so- we have Next Level University, which we've had, and, and that's we do together, and we always have. He has something called Podcast Growth University, which is a podcast about how to grow your podcast Got it. for podcasters. And then I have another podcast with my girlfriend called The Conscious Couples Podcast, and that's all about how to flourish in your intimate relationship. Yeah. yeah. And then I actually have another one coming out 
called the Next Level Audio Blog. It's not really a podcast. It might as well be, imagine a podcast meets a blog meets an audiobook. Okay. It's kind of like that. Because I have a written blog on my LinkedIn and I have 14 of them out and I do them every month. And so I decided to kind of read them into the microphone for people who want to listen to them like audiobooks. I love it. That's cool. That's awesome. Have you found LinkedIn successful for that? Because, you know, LinkedIn's kind of a weird animal at at some point. It's a social media that's not necessarily social media. But has that worked significantly for you, that kind of audio blog or blogging through LinkedIn? I I can't say I have a huge followership on my articles or my reads or anything, but I do track metrics every... uh, So every department blog is one of the departments, has metrics that I track with my team. I was actually tracking it earlier today. And I had over the last two weeks, because we do biweekly meetings, I had 47 reads. Okay. So it's nothing crazy, but that's 47 people who are now exposed to my work that might one day want to work with me. So I've not seen anything crazy on LinkedIn. Yeah. And who could come back and read the next one and the next one and the next one and build build a relationship with you? Yeah. I would say I'm averaging about 25 reads per week probably, but but it's I connect with those people when they do reach out. And I think, you know, you're kind of nurturing these relationships. I'm, I've been really blessed to have people email me, say, hey, I listened to this podcast or hey, I, I, I read this blog and then we'll do a free call. And then sometimes there'll be clients, sometimes they won't, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm, I'm definitely playing the long game. Plant, plant a lot of seeds, add a lot of value, you know, and then people who need more value will come and don't expect any quick big hits because it just doesn't really work that way unless... Unless you're doing something I'm Yeah, you I'm and I were talking about this before the show started that, you know, I mean, over, you know, an eight-year period, I think I've done 2,800 interviews. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it, this is definitely the long game. You know, I mean, it's, it's, you're not going to make a lot of money as a podcaster or a YouTube, you know, interviewer or anything like that. It's going to take time, but, you know, it's that consistency, I think, is more than anything. I mean, you, you've done that from a consistency standpoint, hey, I'm, I'm committed to doing this once a month, boom. And and being consistent in the end is what wins you the people. Agreed. I think consistency is the most underrated character trait or quality or skill in the entire world. I, yeah. I just, you can't really do anything truly great if you can't be consistent. And yep. I think it's the most, it's the least sexy, but it's the most important. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not sexy, you know, grinding it out, doing podcast interviews every week and, you know, all that. But, you know, once again, I get to bring some of the coolest stories and, and I count the people that I've interviewed on my show as some of my closest friends now that we probably would have never, you know, I, I think that's the most rewarding part of being a podcaster sometimes is you meet incredibly cool people that you probably wouldn't have had you not been doing you know, and a lot yep, of times they're other podcasters and, you know, you get to kind of see their world and they get to see our world and we share audiences and everything else. So it's awesome. Yeah. So you got the new show coming up. Is there anything else in y'all's business that you're kind of going to be doing in 2024? We have a live event that we're doing March 23rd. It's in person. We're doing 30 people. It's very intimate. We're serving lunch, three different teams of 10, but we're also having a virtual component. Okay. And so we're going to, we do this every year and this is the first time we've done sort of a hybrid of in-person and virtual. And it's a, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And it's, 
it's really all of our very best content all condensed into one day. Okay. We also have a group coaching program. We have one-on-one coaching. We have a podcast production company. We have a social media agency. We have all this stuff is on the website. We have a book club. We have monthly meetups every month that are free. So we also have a private Facebook group. So we're doing, we're building community, like-minded growth-oriented people. If you're into personal growth and you don't have a lot of people in your life that are, then our community is great for you. Uh, heart-driven only, you know, no bullies, no disrespect, that kind of thing. And, you know, as far as what services we provide to help you get to the next level, it's everything from free book club, read books with us, all the way down to like one-on-one hardcore business coaching. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, cool. Let's change gears here a little bit. And now we're going to do the fast five questions. You ready? Uh-oh. Here we go. All right. Here we go. <laughs> the, the fast five. I'm long-winded. Are we going to be able to do this? <laughs> we got time. All right. First question. You wake up in the morning. Business is totally gone. You have 500 bucks in your pocket, laptop, computer, place to live, food and clothing. What do you do first? What do I do first? 500 bucks in my pocket, huh? Family? I would immediately start a podcast. Okay. I would I would buy a microphone, an ATR, because they're like 70 bucks. I would do do I have an internet connection? You do have an internet. I'll give you internet. All right. I have an internet connection. Okay. So I would buy a microphone. I would start a podcast about my passion. In this case, it would be personal development and uh, how to achieve your goals and your dreams. And I would start recording. And then I would publish those on the free social media platforms. Uh-huh. And I would start to attract like-minded people who want to be better each day. And I would I would build my whole life around how to become 1% better every day. I like it. And I think naturally I would attract people who are into that consistency and personal growth. And then I would be coaching. And so it's kind of a little bit of a cop-out because it's basically an amplified version of everything I'm already doing, or I should say a miniature version of everything I'm already doing. (laughs) Yeah. But to me, and this was kind of the lesson, I'll be quick with it, but I asked my team once, I said, I said, what's true about you 10 years ago that's going to be true 10 years from today? And they were like, oh, I said, don't design your life around short-term fads. You got to design your life around the things that are tried and true, the fundamentals. And so I would just stick to the fundamentals and I would rebuild the exact same thing I'm doing now. Yeah, that's fantastic. No, I, I think it makes complete sense. And uh, most most people, when I ask that question, I mean, it, rarely do I get somebody that's like, oh, I just completely do something totally different. Most people are like, all right, I already know how to do this. I just, I wouldn't make all those same mistakes that I did building it the first time and just start off and do it again. And, you know, once again, it's, it's I got plenty of time you know, I don't have a business anymore. I got plenty of time. So it gives you that ability to get on a microphone and start doing it. I remember when I, you know, went through some training with Russell Brunson and Russell talked about, you know, when he hit his business kind of blew up and he was just trying to figure out how to get it back up and running. And he's like, you know what? I just, I had to drop my kids off in the car and then, you know, go to the office. And he started recording an everyday podcast as he was driving about marketing. And, you know, three years later, it was a, you know, $100 million business. So it's just, 
you know, it, it's simple to get started and, and start going and, and be consistent at one thing at least. Yeah. And try not to get to fall for shiny objects, you know, try to stay focused on the yeah. fundamentals. I think that's in hindsight, in any journey, you kind of realize you just got distracted and, and those things didn't really contribute. It's shiny objects are just shiny objects and they're always going to be shiny objects. I, I would just stay true to the work I love with the people that I want to help. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Next question. What is the biggest business mistake you've ever made? Oh, so I had a company when I was, uh, yeah, it's always a, so when I was in my early 20s, I was 21 or 22. We started a little company, me and three of my college roommates, friends, and there was four of us and we started a little, a little company called Campus Libre. Okay. And it was basically a campus specific Craigslist for textbooks. This is way back in 2011, 2012. Yeah. And I was the chief marketing officer and we had a CEO and a CTO and, and it was a really good little team. We actually had a, a lot of a lot of traction early on, but I had a huge falling out with the CEO. I wanted to do Eastern schools, then then go to the West Coast and we had a visions that diverged, unfortunately. And four hours later and lots of tears, you know, I'm out of the company and they ended up going out of business. So the biggest, ah, this is going to sound so arrogant. Um, the biggest business mistake I ever made, the biggest business mistake I ever made was allowing someone to be the CEO of a company when they're not a strong leader. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and when you're that small, if you're only a few of you, you know, three or four or five of you, just becoming the CEO by rote, yes, I'll, I'll, I'll be the CEO. That doesn't mean that they're going to be a good CEO. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. It definitely doesn't. And the part that I thought would sound arrogant is I I do believe that I'm a strong CEO and I think it's scary to say that because people will think that I'm arrogant and I try to remain humble with this. But over the years, I've realized that there's certain strengths I have and I think rallying people in a, in a harmonized direction, you know, with a system and org structure and designed systems and, and tracking metrics is definitely a strength. So in hindsight, I just wish that I had taken a leadership role rather than kind of giving it to someone who maybe isn't as, uh, doesn't have that natural strength. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's fantastic. That's a great answer to that question. All right. What's a good book that you'd recommend to our audience? So there's a book called The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. So even if you don't like Darren, the book, the book is world-class in my opinion. So it's not the book that matters. It's the it's the concept. And yeah. I've written blogs about this. The compound effect, the, the, the seemingly insignificant small daily choices that compound over time, whether you want to be healthy, wealthier, in love, it really does come down to the little things each day. I mean, whether we wanted to get on this interview or not, here we are, we're showing up and we're serving and we're practicing our craft. And that stuff, that stuff compounds. It matters. Yeah. I remember when we were early in podcasting, we we had an um jar and I used to have to put a dollar in the um jar when I would say um. Those little things that are funny now made yeah. all the difference. So if I'm even remotely good right now in this interview, it's because of the compound effect. It's not because I was some naturally gifted speaker. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I mean, it's one of those things I, I always, I kick it back to starting off in Toastmasters and, you know, basically getting that um jar. Yeah. The um jar was the the reports back on, you know, what you said, um, 50,000 times. And 
there we go. There's one right there. But yeah. it is that you, know, <laughs> you just get better in it, and it's practicing that craft over and over and over again, and being having the reality of that that makes the big difference. But yeah, I I love the book. I love 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 it. It's, it's oh nice. You do love the book. Okay, nice. Yeah, I have it behind me right here. Yeah, I think yeah. I do too on my shelf back here someplace. I saw traction back there. I saw traction back there. Yeah, traction back there. Uh, I've guessed probably the best book that I think I've ever read, which is Russell Brunson's 30 Days. You can't even buy it. You have to get it through like one of his courses really? or something like that. And it's the coolest thing ever because it it's basically 30 successful million dollar entrepreneurs posed the question that if everything blew up and you had to start all over again and you had 30 days to do it, what would you do? And it's like seeing into the mind of these amazing, amazing entrepreneurs and like specifically day by day what they would do. It's one of those books that I'll just flip through ever so often to go, what? Well, I hadn't thought of doing it that way. Let me try that. That's awesome. Nice. Well, now I'm intrigued. I'm going to need one. Oh, I know. I know. I, I saw something. I, one of the things he offers lately has it that's part of it, one of the packages he offers. But yeah, it's just, it's it's one of those books that I'm like, it is the best look into the mind of wildly successful entrepreneurs that I've ever seen. Wow. That is a bold statement. Okay. Nice. It, uh, yeah. Hands down. It's nothing yeah. better. And it's, like I said, it's one of my favorite reads whenever I just want to get it. All right. What's a good tool that you use in your business every day that you might recommend to the audience? Yeah, this is different than I think a lot of people would expect. I love WhatsApp. So we build yeah. community. Yep. And I have a book club. We do we do meetups every month, you know, all okay. kinds of stuff. And we have WhatsApp communities. And it's been Not really a- cool to see how well people are connecting. We also do a group coaching program and it's ten teams of ten. We we've done thirteen. We're on our thirteenth group. It's every quarter. Okay. And so we're on our 13th group and which means three years and a quarter. And we we build community in WhatsApp and and the whole team is in there. We've got an assistant coach in there. We've got me and Kev and we do bi-weekly sessions and then there's bi-weekly connection calls. But WhatsApp is the glue that actually holds the team together. And and my team is all virtual. We don't have a headquarters or anything. So I have a 21 person team, some in the Philippines, all over the world, Spain, all that. And so we use WhatsApp to coordinate our efforts. A lot of people use Discord or Slack or whatever, but yeah. I love WhatsApp. I think it's I think it's truly underrated. I think it's great. People look it's not as Slack and I cannot stand it. But yeah, WhatsApp, that's how I, I run it. my team. Yeah, I don't like yeah. it. Yeah. Nice. It was it was created by dorky, you know, computer people and and they think it's wonderful to communicate and it's horrid. But but yeah, I've never used that. <laughs> I've never used WhatsApp for groups. I think that's a great idea. I mean, it replaces like a Facebook, you know, group or something like that. I think it's much, much better. It you know what like. it is? It's actually, I don't mean to interrupt you, but it's actually a, so you you know, Instagram, obviously yeah. Facebook and WhatsApp are all owned by Meta. And so what they've done a really good job of, I think, is WhatsApp is sort of like one sort of step closer to you. So, so for example, there's one thing being in a private Facebook group with us. We have like, I don't know, 800 coming up on 800 people there. But in okay. WhatsApp, we've got these little sub-communities. So instead of having like Facebook groups with more Facebook groups, we went one step closer into WhatsApp and it, it builds this and and we don't just invite anybody. It's 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 a very close-knit sort of community. It's it's quite amazing. So anyways, I also have one with all my clients in there. So if I need to like say, hey, listen, I'm going to be out randomly. I didn't expect this emergency. You know, they all get it all at once. 
Okay. And it's a little bit more, I think, powerful than email. Yeah, I like that, but I've not I've not used it from the the. Is it, see, do you have to have like the special business version of it, or is it just the standard WhatsApp? No, I actually don't even pay for it. Yeah, I don't even pay for it. It's awesome. And as they actually came out with groups and all kinds of stuff, I haven't even experimented a ton with that. So there's like a community one now and all kinds of stuff. We just create little groups, my whole team. So each department has its own group. We have what's called an internal and an external group. And I, nice. you can customize the icons. You can do the descriptions. Yeah, it's really it's really intuitive. Yeah, well, like I said, I use it with my my assistant. She's in the Philippines. And, you know, the, the beauty of WhatsApp is, you know, it's impossible for me to call her. I mean, it would cost both of us a fortune, but I can just WhatsApp call her, boom, like that, or we can do a video through it and everything else. And, you know, but most of the time it's just her and I kind of texting back and forth through it. And it's phenomenal. I mean, I was able to use it when I was over in Europe and everything else. So yeah, I'm I'm right there with yeah, you. Yeah, it's global. Yeah, there's no restrictions. It's It's such a good tool. And the audios, you can send audio messages very easily as well. And you can also get a desktop app so you can use it on your computer too. So anyways, again, I, what am I, a WhatsApp salesman? Yeah. yeah it's, exactly. it's, <laughs> it's a great it's a great app. Big fan. When you Big find fan. a good tool like that, we got to share. So that's fantastic. Got to. Real quick little nugget. One time me, my, my business partner, my beautiful girlfriend and her business partner at a, a conference in Florida, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, nothing's working. We can't get on Instagram. We can't get on Facebook. WhatsApp's not working. All of our teams, we can't contact anybody. Facebook went down. Oh, that's right. Facebook owns Instagram, WhatsApp, and Facebook. I thought that was kind of funny. It's like, with, with the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh no. So we're in trouble if Facebook goes, if Meta has trouble, my business is going to go to a halt. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're going to be emailing everybody. Yeah, if Amazon Web Services has a problem, it takes down half the world with it at that point, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's funny, including Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's what I Look, yeah, I think it is, probably. All right, so last question for you. What is your definition of freedom? I think it's the traditional one of your ability. So, so I have this little framework. I'm probably annoying your listeners with my frameworks. I think of it as consciousness, capabilities, and capital. Okay. So I have this, it's like a triad, consciousness, capabilities, and capital. I'll go through each real quick. Consciousness is how aware you are. So we all know the story of, you know, you don't know anything about cars and your mechanic, you you know, tells you a bunch of stuff you don't need. So, so you don't really have a choice not to get taken advantage of because you don't have high enough consciousness in the context of mechanics. Okay. Wow. So consciousness is just awareness. Okay. Capabilities is skills. So you can have awareness, but no skills. And now you have no utility. So and then capital. So assuming you live in a free country, if you have the highest consciousness, the highest awareness, you have the highest capabilities, and you have the highest capital, you basically, the center of that triad is choices. Uh-huh. And so to me, freedom is the freedom to make whatever choice I want. And so please don't associate me necessarily with Elon because I'm not for or against Elon. I just, whatever. But he has high consciousness, high capabilities, and high capital. So he can buy Twitter on a whim. So he has more freedom than I do. And uh-huh. and so to me, that's my my real goal in life underneath all of this is how do I have the highest consciousness, highest capabilities, and highest capital so that I can make the the most choices, aka have the most freedom. And I think that that's really cool because if I can earn money by helping others increase their consciousness, capabilities, and capital, 
then it's a win, 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 win. And now we all have more freedom and more fulfillment, which I think is obviously a better world because people who are fulfilled and free don't typically hurt other people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's a wonderful answer. It's it's, it's one of the most in-depth ones I've heard in a long time. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you for the question. If somebody wants to learn more about you, learn more about your podcast and all that, what's the best place? Where's the best place to go? You can email me, alan at nextleveluniverse.com. So the podcast is called Next Level University. But the person who owns that URL is asking for way too much money. So (laughs) we did next level, (laughs) we did nextleveluniverse.com. So alan, A-L-A-N, at nextleveluniverse.com. Just please, if you do email me, provide context because like all of us, I get a lot of spam email. So please say, hey, I listened to you here. You know, I really liked this, 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 and, and, you know, I'd love to connect. If you want to email me, you can. If not, you can go to nextleveluniverse.com. Everything we do is on there and happy to connect. I love it. Well, just think of it. It's a university, but it is taking over the whole universe. So that's, that's the easy way to remember that was the idea. That was the exact idea. I'm grateful that came through. <laughs> well, thank you for being on the show, Alan. I appreciate it. Please, folks, make sure that you reach out to him. His content's fantastic. I would encourage you to to check it out. I've connected with him on LinkedIn. I'm going to be watching the, the blogs on LinkedIn and everything else. Folks, make sure that you listen up for these. If you are out there and you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening or watching. And if there's the opportunity, like on YouTube, to give it a little bit of a, hey, let me know when this stuff happens, hit that little button so that you get made aware of when one of the shows comes out. We do these twice a week. So thanks a lot for listening, and we will see you guys back here the very next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 